Hey guys, it's Molly and we are on episode 7. Coco Chanel once said that modesty is the highest elegance. A designer said that. We would never hear someone in the fashion world today say that. And yet, um, we have a lot of things screaming at us in the world of what is beauty and what it means to be a woman. And so today we're going to talk all about modesty and beauty and God's plan for those things and how the world's getting it wrong. So stick around as we talk about this today. Guys, I'm so happy to be back at it here on the podcast. I didn't do one last week because I, you know, I said this on my Instagram stories, but I realized not everyone follows me on Instagram that may listen to the podcast. So this is why I missed last week um, was because I spoke at my church's parenting Sunday school class on single parenting. And so I knew I wouldn't be able to prepare a talk for that as well as a podcast And I didn't have a lot of time, like a heads up of preparing because they asked me if I could speak a week earlier um, because the person who was supposed to speak was sick. And so I'm sorry for the miscommunication or if you're wondering like, hey, what happened? But we're back at it here every Monday, so do not worry. And today, you know, it's Memorial Day and thinking about those who are serving or who have served in our country I'm very thankful for those who have been or who are in the military and are protecting our country and protecting our freedoms. So thank you for your service or your family member's service. And I just think that, you know, they deserve so much appreciation for what they do because I know I couldn't do it. And I wanted to share with you guys kind of a little bit of a family history when it comes to um, losing someone in in a war and my grandparents they lost their son my oldest uncle it was their oldest son in the Vietnam War my uncle Denny he died at the age of 19 and what is amazing to me about what my grandparents did in response to this is that they wanted to honor their son that they lost by adopting a boy from Korea. And so that's what they did. And I just admire them for doing that. And I admire my that side of my family because my grandparents almost set this tradition of adoption. And I have a couple cousins that have adopted multiple kids. One of my other uncles adopt has adopted multiple children. And it's just like this heritage of adoption that started with my grandparents doing it many years ago. And so that is just such an inspiring thing. And I love sharing that story because I have a lot of respect for people who adopt. And I also have a lot of respect for people that serve in the military and have lost somebody. So this is a special day to remember um, the sacrifices that people made have on behalf of our freedom, you know. So I wanted to mention that. So let's get on to my topic of modesty. So I had a lot of ideas of different things I wanted to talk about under modesty. Like I thought I would talk about plastic surgery and what I believe about that and getting lip injections and getting Botox and all of that. And I decided to simplify things a little bit more and mainly just to talk about modesty and beauty Because I realized, to be honest, I need to think a little bit more about 
like to have a solid opinion. I know I have thoughts and ideas about what my what I think about, you know, all of plastic surgery and all that, but I don't have like a I I can't pinpoint yet like this is my stance on it. So, I'm going to kind of put that on the shelf for now, think about it more. But I do have some things I want to share about modesty and about beauty. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So growing up, my parents definitely taught me about modesty. And as a kid, when I was living at home, they had a standard of what I could wear and what I couldn't wear. And I think that was really helpful for me because I know some people don't grow up being taught like how guys think and what is appropriate to wear and what is not the most appropriate thing to wear. And when I was a teenager, of course, there were times where I was like frustrated, like, why can't I wear this? I really want to wear that this. And I know it's so hard as a teenager because like you want so badly to look cool and to look cute and to look like everybody else. But I don't think I ever was missing out on much at all. Like I didn't have to wear just like dresses all the time or anything. I wore jeans, I wore pants. I've always been into fashion. I've always been into style and my style was never cramped, I guess, for having to be modest. So if anything, it just laid this groundwork, um, what my parents taught me about modesty of being aware of what I wear and not always just wearing whatever I wanted to wear, but remembering that there was a per- important standard to live up to, if that makes sense. So I wanted you to just know where I'm coming from in my story of modesty. I definitely have grown more, though. I've, well, actually, just lately in the last few weeks when I shared on Instagram that I wanted to start sharing more modest um outfit looks for you guys. Not that I wasn't sharing modest photos, but I kind of stopped sharing outfit photos as much. And I thought that I just feel like on Instagram, there's so many fashion bloggers, but not a lot of like modest fashion bloggers. And I was getting kind of frustrated with seeing girls that were saying they were Christians, but they were posting outfit photos, like bloggers that were saying they were Christians, posting outfit photos that I'm like, that just to me, is showing way too much. And just and it was just discouraging to me because I'm like, you're saying you're a Christian, but you're just looking like everybody else. And so I thought, I want to start doing, like, I love doing outfit photos, but I kind of was like, you know, everyone else does them. Like, do I really need to do them? Is it showing off? But um, being able to inspire other girls to dress modestly and that you can dress cute and dress modest, um, I thought that would be fun to do. So I'm trying to post more modest outfit looks. But all that to say, me thinking about modesty more has kind of sparked in my mind um, a desire to kind of be even more modest, I guess, than what I have been wearing. And not in a huge difference. It's not like I'm totally changing how I'm dressing. But I kind of went through my closet And I pulled out just a few things, maybe a handful of items that I was like, you know what, like, I feel like this item is, this clothing item is just not to the, to the standard, to the level that I want to have for how I dress. Like just a few things. And probably if you saw them, you'd be like, Molly, like those are fine. But just like my personal, I guess, convictions, like I kind of had with some of these clothes, I would wear them and kind of you know, like knowing my spirit, like, oh, I'm not sure. 
like if this is the best. And so I just decided I'm just going to get rid of those few things. It wasn't that many items. And so I'm super like excited that me wanting to share more modest outfit photos kind of sparked in me thinking about this topic again. So I want to start with defining what modesty is because I want to just lay the groundwork of things and kind of work my way into more practical tips for you guys. So modesty, I looked it up, says the quality of not being too proud or confident about yourself or your abilities. And it's also propriety in dress, speech, or conduct. So when you think about modesty in that definition and how contrary it is to the worldly culture around us, you know, humility is not something that is admired anymore in people and women and men. And um, propriety in dress, of course, is not valued. Propriety in speech is not valued or conduct, any of that. And the world kind of says these days that if you're not sexy, then you're not beautiful. And innocence is something that is mocked and made fun of and is not valued at all. And the people that the world admires the most, which would be like celebrities, these celebrities are so, are striving so hard to push the limits on what they wear. And like who can be the most surprising and this, the most out, like out there for what they wear and just showing even more and more skin. And that's like valued and that's shown as something that is beautiful. Um, but not only does the world have problems with their view of modesty, but also I, I think the Christian culture has problems with their view of modesty because Christians nowadays, all of us, well, not all of us, there are some of us that, that don't want to do this, but so many of us can get caught up in wanting so badly to look like the world and to be exactly the same. And, you know, I get that. You don't want to be different. You don't want to stand out. You want to wear the cute things that you're seeing in the magazines and you're seeing on TV and all of that. And I think what's hard is that now between the world and the Christian culture, there's this greater divide of what is acceptable in the world standards to what is acceptable as a Christian. When you think about like the 50s, and girls were wearing like longer skirts and pants and not like low cut things as much. Um, there wasn't this big difference. But nowadays we're seeing so many, like I said, pushing the limits of what people can wear. That there's this bigger divide uh, between the world and Christians. And I think... Um, I don't know. I feel like there's like this bad rap with the word modest among Christians. It's like, oh, here we go again, talking about something that's just going to make me feel restrictive. And we kind of like jump to thinking that, oh, you're talking about modesty. So that automatically means that I'm going to have to wear dresses all the time. And I'm not going to be able to wear anything cute and great. Thanks, Molly, for talking about this. You know, I think we can easily jump to that. And I think also a lot of us Christian women 
have bought into like a lie that I, I think is rooted in feminism, that it's my body, I can wear what I want to wear, and it's a guy's problem if they're going to lust at me, like they need to deal with that, that's nothing on, on me. And um, I think those things are lies, you know, and we also can sometimes think, well, I have freedom in Christ, I can wear whatever I want to wear. The Bible doesn't say anything that we're not supposed to wear. And I agree with that in the sense that the Bible doesn't say specifically, don't wear this, but you can wear this. And today you're not going to hear from me a specific, do this, don't do that. So cool your jets, calm down, don't worry. (laughs) Um... But I do believe that God has a plan for modesty. And before I get into that, I do want to say one thing about this, this lie, this feminist kind of thought that we can wear whatever we want because it's a guy's problem if they lust at me. Um, you know, as a believer, it's our job to support other believers, to encourage other believers in their faith. And to not do something that's going to be tempting or causing someone else's to sin, someone else to sin. So yes, it's a guy's job to protect his thoughts. It's a guy's job to not lust. But it's also our, I think, our responsibility as women to make it easier on guys in a sense. Like if you're gonna walk around half naked, like uh, that's gonna make it so much harder for a guy. So. If we are, if we say we're Christians, if we say we are followers of Christ, don't we want to encourage and support other believers, other men that are trying so hard to do the right thing, to think the right thoughts? I believe that that is, that is an equal responsibility on both ends. And so we shouldn't shirk our responsibilities by saying it's just their fault. Um, it's our, our, responsibility as well. So back to God's plan for modesty. This is one thing that I think needs to be really clear is that God gives greater value to us as women than the world could ever do. Because our value in Christ is greater than the way we look, than our age, and all of that. Because God's word talks about beauty being not just like skin deep as you know the world says it's like mainly how we look but god's word says beauty is a way that we can represent christ as god's daughter and it's more about our inner spirit than our outer beauty and i want to read a passage a couple passages to you guys about this okay so first peter 3 Three through four says, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. So Peter wasn't just saying like women should never wear gold jewelry or braid their hair. I read in a commentary that he possibly was saying this because prostitutes at that time wore those things. But the overall concept he's saying is that, you know, don't focus on making your adorning just external, but focus on let your adorning be the hidden person of your heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. 
and, you know, being grounded in, in Christ and who you are in Christ. And Proverbs 31.30, we know this verse. It's charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So I, what I love about what God's word says about beauty is it calls us to this inner beauty, not an external beauty, but this inner beauty that brings attainable purpose to a woman's heart. What I mean by attainable is it's possible for us to become like Christ by allowing him to, to transform our inner spirit. It's attainable. But what the world calls for beauty, it's, it's unattainable. So this call, what I want to repeat, I said and finish it, is God's call for inner beauty brings attainable purpose to a woman's heart, all while benefiting and blessing those she comes in contact with. This little point here that I'm saying I think is really important, um, and I'll, I'll let on why this is so important, but I want to read Proverbs 31, 28 through 30. Again, going back to the same passage, it says, Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and pra- he praises her. Many women have done excellent, excellently, well, can't talk again, but you surpass them all. I wanted to share that verse, and I wanted to share this point of being a follower of Christ and being a woman after God's heart. We can have this beauty that is a benefit and blessing to those we come in contact with because on the contrary, the world will always promote an unattainable standard of beauty that's covered in comparison, in pride, and being better than the next person. It's not edifying to others. It's only edifying to ourselves, this world standard. And it, it's so like unreachable. The world says like a beautiful woman is someone who is ageless, who is youthful, who is immoral, who is hard and con- is conforming to this perfect standard of womanhood that like none of us are going to be able to attain. There's always going to be someone who's more beautiful. There's always going to be something that we are lacking in our physical beauty um, that someone else has. Or this medical procedure that someone else has done that, you know, we think we need to do because this unattainable standard of beauty that the world promotes. But as a Christian, a beautiful woman is considered one who is unique. And this is super important, who is unique. On contrary, you know, like I said, the world it wants to conform to this one like kind of standard. But as a Christian, um, a beautiful woman is one who is considered who is unique, who is pure, who is dignified, who is full of wisdom, discretion, contentment, and humility. Isn't that beautiful? Like, isn't that amazing? And these attributes, being unique, being pure, being dignified, having wisdom, discretion, contentment, humility, are all attributes that as we grow in our relationship with the Lord, we can have more of in our life. But can we become ageless, youthful, these, can we conform to this perfect standard of womanhood? Like, no, like our outward body is wasting away, but our inner spirit can be transformed to become more like Christ. And like, that is so encouraging.
And Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I love that word workmanship, that God's like created us and designed us to be exactly who we are. You know, he's created so many different kinds of women, different shapes, different sizes, different colors, and God's designed each of us to be a specific way. He's designed us. I love that. Um, one thing I want to make clear, you know, when I talk about um, that a beautiful woman in Christ is someone who is pure, who is dignified, who has wisdom and discretion, I want to make clear that despite your past, these are attributes that are possible for you to have in the future. You know, we all have made mistakes. Some of us um, things done things we regretted, but but in Christ we have the possibility. You know, it talks about being a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. So whatever your past is, the possibility to be um, a woman of purity and of innocence is 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 available to everyone in Christ. So that is super important for you to know. And I, you know, this came to my mind and I'm, this is a hypothetical. Like, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say these things. So this is just Molly's thoughts. I want you to know that. But I was thinking about the examples of Ruth. I've been thinking a lot about Ruth lately, but Ruth and Rahab, two women that were not Israelites, Ruth was a Moabitist. Rahab was, um, I don't know what, what her, where, what group she was a part of. The Philistines? No, not the Philistines. I don't know. Let's see. Jericho. I don't know. Anyways, Ruth and Rahab were not Israelites. Um, but I just wonder that when they, you know, came a part of the Israelite community. So when Rahab um, she, like the walls came falling down. Her family was saved because she believed in God and she protected the Israelite spies. And I'm sure she became a part of the Israelite community because she's in the genealogy of Jesus. Okay. That's long story short, but I just wonder if Rahab, if there was a change in dress because she was a prostitute, you think about it. There was probably a change in her dress, her talk, her behavior, um, when she, when she realized who the one true God was. And the same for Ruth, a Moabitess. I'm sure there was a change in her dress and her talk and her behavior from worldly to godly. And that should be the same for us, that there should be a change when we come to Christ, not only in our inner spirit, but in our outer appearance and how we dress, how we talk and what we do. And I think that's important to mention. I want to share a couple of other verses that talk about like our identity in Christ and, and our call to, to be set apart as believers. I got three verses to share, and you might be like, okay, what does this have to do with beauty? But I want you to just think about your identity in Christ and reminding yourself as you, read, as you hear these verses, like the world has got nothing on what it means to be a woman and what it means to be beautiful and what it means to have purpose. Okay, that's what I just had to say. But here we go. Colossians uh, 1.10. I'm reading out of my actual Bible here, the pages. Isn't that fun? I just, I just love it. I don't print out my verses. I 
Turn to them in my Bible. Okay, so this is what it says, Colossians 1.10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Another version I think says, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. I love that. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. And I think we could easily say, dress in a manner worthy of your calling. First Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Isn't that amazing? We're a, we are a royal priesthood. Um, okay, First Corinthians 6.19. Where is it at? Here we go. It says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify your God, so glorify God in your body. That's probably the strongest verse um, pertaining to this topic of modesty. So this whole lie that like it's my body, I do what I want, we as Christians cannot cannot say that, cannot believe that. Our body is not our own. It is the Lord's. And we were bought with a price. So honor God with your body. And so practically, we as women of God have this choice. Are we going to dress to impress others by showing off our body? Or are we going to dress to express who God is and who we are in Christ? So our choice is either to express to others our body, or to express who God is and who we are in Christ. I think that's just super important to be reminded of. And um, practically, how does this like really work out in on the daily? Um, one of my friends who is friends with me on Instagram, she messaged me and she works in Kenya for a hospital. And she said, you know, I realized that a lot of girls probably haven't learned what modesty is and how to dress. And I think that really is um, true that a lot of parents aren't teaching their kids about modesty. And so I have a few tips that I want to share. Things that I think God has been showing me. I think ultimately modesty, as we grow closer to Christ, God will convict our hearts and reveal to us what he desires us to wear or what he desires us to not wear. The reason I say that is because in my own life, that's what I've seen is that God has convicted me more as I've grown closer to him. And I'm sure as time goes on, I will grow in this even more. I think it was just last summer. Was it last summer? I did a YouTube video when I was on YouTube, doing YouTube videos more on modest swimsuits because there was just something in me that God was like showing me that, you know, wearing it for me, a personal decision and something that I felt like God convicted me of that I wearing bikinis and wearing two pieces and showing my stomach was just something that I didn't really think I should be doing anymore. And so I did that modest swimsuit video, which was really fun, but I've grown in that. Like I was not like that years before that. I wanted to wear a bikini because when I was at home, my parents wouldn't let me. And now I'm like, hmm, now I know why. And I also want to have the same standard for my daughter, Emma. So all that to say, I think as you grow closer to Christ, 
That's the main thing, that God's going to show you more what you should wear and what you shouldn't wear. But these are just some some tips that I think will be really helpful that I'm realizing and that God's showing me. So there's like five of them I have here. Number one is if your standard is how far can I go? Like how revealing can I just get to the edge? That's not too much, but like it's still a little bit sexy or whatever. If your standard is how far can I push it? Then you have the wrong approach on modesty. And that was why I went through my closet and I got rid of a few things because they were a few items that were kind of pushing it a little bit. And so if that's your approach to what you wear, how far can I push it? Then you have the wrong approach. Number two, what may be modest for you may not be modest for another person and vice versa. What I mean by that is that we all have different body types and we're all different sizes. So the same shirt may look totally modest on someone like me who's very flat chested. But if a, another girl wears that same shirt that is way larger in the chest, it could be a lot lower and not as modest. And also, if you're really short, you can get away with wearing shorter dresses because they're longer on you. But like for me, my legs are really long. So that's something that I can't always wear the same dresses that someone could that's shorter. So being aware of that. And three, which this is so countercultural, so countercultural, um, but your greatest physical asset is something that you need to be aware of and that it's not for flaunting, but it's something that you need to realize is an area that you're going to have to be careful and not being indecent in. And going back to like, my legs are really long, like I said. So, you know, in the world's eyes, it's like, oh, show off your long legs. Yeah. But no, it's an area that I got to be more careful of with what I wear. Is this too short? Um, you know, the world says like flaunt your greatest assets and flaunt your greatest physical attributes. But as a Christian, like we can't think that way. That's not what, you know, it goes back to the concept of humility being a part of modesty. So this other, this number four, this other tip was, wow, I can't talk, was brought to my mind by another comment I had from a friend on Instagram. And she said how she noticed that some girls, once they get married, suddenly they don't dress as modest anymore. And I was thinking about back to when I got married, I think that, well, I think especially like if you grow up in a family that like they have certain rules for what you wear and then you get married and you're like, yeah, I can wear whatever I want now. I think that's part of it. And you have to just like grow up and be like, there's a reason for having rules and having standards for modesty. But also I think this is important is that your husband may not be the best example not example, but your husband may not be the best person to ask about what is modest, like to show them like, hey, this dress that I want to wear isn't modest. I think because a lot of, you know, husbands, it's like, oh, that looks so good on you. Like they think, oh, that looks great on you. And they're your husbands. And that's awesome that they think you might look sexy in something or whatever. But um, they might be blinded a little bit to what is appropriate because they think you look great in it. And, you know, wear that thing when you're just with them. But when you're going out, 
um, your decisions on what is modest has to be a decision between you and the Lord. And if you're feeling convicted on something, but your husband's like, that's so cute on you. That looks great. You look fine in it. You need to listen to your own convictions by the Holy Spirit and listen to that. And last tip is just simple, but be aware of the occasion and where you're going. So like what you wear to a barbecue, you probably wouldn't wear to church necessarily. And I think there's something to say for dressing nice at church, not necessarily wearing a skirt or a dress, but, you know, dressing a little bit nicer than like a sweatshirt and pair of jeans or a sweatshirt and pair of shorts, looking presentable, knowing that you're going to the house of God to worship God and be around other believers. Um, so those are just my little tips to share. If you have any other, you know, ideas or thoughts or standards that you have for yourself, I would love to hear. Um, the point of this whole podcast is not for me to set this legalistic rule on what you should wear and what you should not wear. And I don't think that I've presented that in this way. And, and I know that there are Christians out there that are very strict with what they wear and they think that's really important. But, you know, the Bible doesn't say anywhere specifically what we should wear, what we should not wear. And I, I think it's just important to be reminded that in this issue, as like I said, as we go close, closer to Christ, God will reveal to us what we should be wearing and what we should not be wearing if we have an open heart to him. And being reminded of who we are in Christ. We are daughters of Christ. And so we should dress to present that to others. So I want to end on just this, this example. I think it's a really good word picture for us to have in our mind of what it means to be modest. Okay, I don't know about you, but I think it's fun to like see what like Princess Kate and I guess they're not. They're like Duchess Kate. So Kate and Meghan Markle, like what they wear, the uh, the princesses in England, but they're not princesses, whatever they are, duchesses. Anyways, so it came to my mind what Meghan wore before she was a princess was not, is not what she's wearing nowadays. Like there's just like this obvious shift in her style. And I was like looking through photos of what she wore before, like, okay, as a celebrity, like, in that kind of whole culture, you can get away with wearing anything. But as a princess, you can't get away with wearing anything. Like, they dress so elegant and beautiful. And I just love the fashion and the style that they have because so much of it is modest. Um, I don't know how she wears those, like, five-inch stiletto heels everywhere, both her and Kate. That's crazy. I used to wear those before I had kids, but after I have kids, no, I can't wear those things anymore. But anyways... It's a good reminder to think, okay, if Megan, as an actress, a woman of the world to now a princess and royalty, she's changed what she wears, like how much more so should we as being someone, we're new creation now in Christ and we're representing God and we are of so much great value in God's sight. And so don't we want to represent him and represent God's qualities and his attributes in how we dress. And what I mean by that, purity, innocence, humility, all of those things in how we dress. And does that mean that we can't dress cute and stylish anymore? Like, no, 
if you know me, I love to dress cute and stylish. Well, you might think I don't dress cute because some of the stuff I wear is like, I don't know. I like to wear things that are like different and sometimes like kind of out there. But so we can still dress stylish and classy, but we should not be afraid to be set apart from the world. And that's what I want to just hit home. So that's what I want to close on. I'm going to pray and then we will be done. Lord, I just thank you for every woman here that's listening today to what I shared, Lord. I pray that it would not discourage them and feel like, great, this is, I got to change what I wear. But I pray that it would inspire them, that it would encourage them to walk in a manner worthy of their calling, dress in a manner worthy of their calling, that they are God's masterpiece created in Christ to do great works for you, God. And I just pray that you would help us to silence the lies of what the world says beauty is and that we would listen to what you say, what you call us to, this attainable beauty that we can have in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I hope this episode today made you think a little bit more about how you're presenting yourself and what you're wearing and is it really modest? And maybe you want to do what I did and go through your closet and get rid of things that you're like, ah, these were like pushing the limits too much. These weren't representing who I am in Christ. Hey, if you do that, shoot me a message. I would love to hear if this episode inspired you to go through your clothes and get rid of things. Um, That would be awesome to hear. So shoot me a message. All right, you guys, I will be back next week, back on this regular schedule with a new podcast. Have a good week. Bye.